Welcome back to Radio Wab. We in the studio today have something really exciting cooked up for you. Sunday's special, which today is going to be about beloved Princess Diana, her life, and the media. Now, Laura, why don't you tell us about Diana, Princess of Wales? I'd be happy to. So, according to the Business Insider, Diana worked as a part-time kindergarten teacher while living in a flat with three roommates when she got married to the prince. This instantly made the public intrigued, as it was so uncommon for the royal family, let alone the prince and the heir of the crown, to marry somebody who was under the radar and had not grown up on a golden cloud. The business insider also claimed that their romance before the marriage was extremely short, as Prince Charles was under an enormous pressure to get married. The Business Insider even went as far as to say that they only met 13 times before getting married. But Laura, here it is probably in order to speculate how the Business Insider got to possess such knowledge, and if it even is correct. Oh yeah, I see your point. It might just be a good example of how media sources have really taken on their own opinion and interpretations, which is expressed through the writing of the article. It was not a one-way street with Diana and the media. No. Diana was known for being able to manipulate the public by creating her own image or narrative. She, according to an article by the Washington Post, later on used the media as her support or weapon against Prince Charles during their divorce and eventually got the public outraged with the royal prince. Laura, do you remember that black off-the-shoulder dress she wore after she and Charles had separated? which later came to be known as the revenge dress? Oh yeah, of course, how could I forget? It was the one she wore in the special occasion of the night that Prince Charles went on live television and admitted to adultery with later second wife Camilla, Duchess of Cornwall. Exactly, that one. You see, that was one of her ingenious moves she used to create her own story, and instead of pitying her, the public broke the news with the image of her wearing the endearing revenge dress, writing, look what the stupid prince threw away. <laughs> well, so perhaps not quite like that. <laughs> no, you're right. But their marriage, or failed marriage, was the hot topic of the media. Nobody really knows how long his affair had been going on for, but people do suspect that it had been going on even before their marriage. Prince Diana herself claimed that she found a pair of engraved cufflinks gifted to Charles from Camellia as a wedding gift during their honeymoon. I don't know about you, but it sounds to me that their marriage was just bound to end even before it started. Yeah, and not only did Diana face a rough marriage, she had struggled with years of mental illnesses, including bulimia, self-injury, and feelings of worthlessness. It was not until the end of her marriage when she became more open about her experiences with mental health. In an interview held by BBC in 1995, Diana describes her bulimia as a symptom from her marriage. This was after Andrew Morton in 1992 published a film called Her True Story, where Diana shares her true story. By revealing her battles with mental health, she changed thousands of lives by encouraging others to seek the help that they needed. Her honesty showed vulnerability, and people really respected that. Certainly. Diana was a people's person. Millions of people admired her for being a good mother and a good person, and of course, fashionable. 
But as we talked about before, she involved herself with noble charity work and in many ways made the world a better place by, for example, changing misconceptions of certain issues like AIDS or, or HIV. People loved her. So when she passed away so suddenly, they were heartbroken broken and became suspicious. Yeah, and that's when the conspiracy theory started swirling. A popular theory is that her death was planned by the royal family because they were so ashamed of their divorce, especially when she began dating the famous Egyptian filmmaker Dodi Fade. The father of Dodi Fade, the billionaire, even claimed that Dodi and Diana were engaged and expecting a child, but the royal family had opposed the relationship because Dodi was a man with Islamic beliefs. Wow, it would be so scary if the royal family were behind. Yeah. I just realized you can almost shape the media's coverage of her life story after an emotional storytelling arc. Hey, Laura, can you give us a little background information on the emotional arc of storytelling? Yeah, of course. There are six main arcs in storytelling, all identified by AR, artificial intelligence. <laughs> what a tongue twister. <laughs> but six main story arcs were classified for nearly 2,000 works of fiction. The researchers composed these arcs by assigning individual happiness scores to more than 10,000 frequently used words. Among the arcs, Diana's story would be identified as Oedipus, which is fall, then rise, and then fall. Hmm, that's interesting. Now, let's relate that to Princess Diana. She started out unknown to the public, marrying a man she perhaps had only met 13 times before proposal, she then started to gain popularity, arc rising, and in the eyes of the British and the rest of the world, she became a superstar. Then the arc starts falling after she goes through a tough divorce, and at the end, she loses her life to a car crash, partly caused by the paparazzi representing the media. Wow, crazy. Let's talk more about her death and the media's involvement. In the 16 years Diana were in the spotlight, she constantly made headlines concerning sometimes something extremely personal. And she was, as a result, finding it difficult to live a normal life. It was revealed that on one day, there were 30 photographers gathered outside the Ritz Hotel where she planned to meet Dodi. To avoid the paparazzi, her Dodi slipped out through the back door. They found, them, found out and chased them. After the incident, several French photographers that were involved in the chase were later arrested and a criminal investigation went underway. Wow, that's so crazy. So Laura, why don't you tell us what's on your mind? Well, I think the media in many ways had, had reached and still reaches far beyond a threshold regarding what is ethically okay to expose a person to. Like Princess Diana, she became exposed to the paparazzi and reporters 24-7. She became a figure for which the media without consent unloaded tons of gossip, rumors and personal information which of course the whole Britain swallowed up in their Diana-shaped hearts. But really, it caused her to get a biased image as somebody who always looked perfect and spent all their time doing charity. Because the fact was that Diana, like before mentioned, was a vulnerable woman who suffered from mental health problems. But again, she also searched for the fame. She wanted media coverage and she wanted the sympathize and adoration the public gave her. I just don't think she realized what a downside the media had which her death certainly represents, because it is so brutal that paparazzi would chase her so intensely that it could even partly cause a crash. So I think a lesson we could all learn from Diana's story is that fame comes with a price, 
And watch out what you wish for, because you might get it. Yeah, I agree. But the amazing thing was that despite all the stress brought by paparazzi, she was able to turn it around and use her fame for something good, rather than run away from it all. Even after 22 years, she is still such an influential person that changed lives. So now, we have the famous Elton John song, which she played at the Princess Diana's funeral, Candle in the Wind. Burned out long before 